Hello, my name is DJ Trishler, and this is Process Out Loud, the podcast or audio recording. Not sure what it is yet exactly, um, but the goal here is that I would give myself exactly 15 minutes to record everything that I'm thinking about and learning, uh, essentially processing out loud um, from the previous week, all the learnings and whatnot. So here we go. This is the actually officially the second week of school. It's Monday the 31st. I'll be processing the last seven days though. Um, so yeah, this is my first week semester um, as a student in grad school at the University of Cincinnati in DAP, their, uh, their design school. I'm getting a master's of design and uh, I could get into why I'm doing that, but that's not exactly what the purpose of this podcast is or this audio recording is. Happy to talk about that another time. But what have I learned this week or what am I processing this week? Um, well, I taught my first lecture of a class that I designed called Welcome to Design. And as I think about the purpose of that, that course or that class that evening, I think the purpose would have been that a designer's job is to pay attention. And when I look up the word pay attention, uh, the etymology of it, it's really to stretch um, towards something. And so that's, that's challenging with all the distractions in our world. And one thing that my co-professors Akshat and Hunter and I did uh, is we, we gave the students tools that help them stretch or pay attention to things in the world. Um, and some of those tools were like a camera. We, we took advice from Michael Johnson, who's a graphic designer in England, um, who has a list of things, list of tools that designers should use. Um, camera being one of them, it's in a sense a camera frames things, um, allows you to pay attention on one or two or three objects if you if you uh, move in close enough. Um, Krita Kent talks about that too, uh, actually walking around with a viewfinder, an old cardboard viewfinder so that you could frame the world, allowing you, I think, to, to zoom in and crop and pay attention to things in a, in a new way, um, minus all the distractions. We talked about uh, giving them, or using a, a, a sketchbook and writing down ideas and reflections. And in a sense, it's like this podcast. How do you know what you know um, unless you process and pay attention to what you notice and why you notice those things? And so that's that's a good use of, of a sketchbook. We also um, went into Karita Kent's rules of the classroom, um, pull everything out of your teacher, um, pull everything out of the students, find a place you trust, trust it for a while, stay there for a while, leave room for, for X, variables, X factors, um, X measures, as she calls them, I think. And, but again, all this comes back to, I think, if we were to sum it up, is uh, paying attention and tools for paying attention to stretch our eyes, our minds, our hearts towards things that, um, in a world that's full of distraction, um, it could be hard to stretch our minds, eyes, and hearts toward. Um, but ultimately, I think that a, a strong design student, a strong designer, um, strong human um, does pay attention and attempts to pay attention to the things maybe other people aren't paying attention to um, people places and things that is so that was that was essentially the first first lecture and um, learned a lot from having two co-professors and how we can kind of treat the uh, lecture as a podcast of sorts 
And uh, I think the students resonated with it well. Please uh, feel free to reach out if you disagree, if you were a student. Um, but it was a lot of fun having Akshat and, and Hunter in the Zoom room um, together. We did a breakout session with the students once. Um, wanted to do like six of them, but realized that's way too many. Um, the students want to connect, but not that much. Uh, and also the students really used the, the chat in Zoom, which was exciting to see. Um, I didn't mind that they were conversing about uh, things that weren't related to the class because um, they were trying to connect with one another and find platforms where they could connect um, online since they can't connect in person. And, and that was one of the purposes of this class, or at least this uh, day of class, was finding ways to network the students because that's a big part of university is the connections you make, the friends you make. In a time of coronavirus, COVID-19, it's really hard to do that. How do we make up for it? And I think the Zoom chat really, really worked out. Um, I was also surprised that so many students participated vocally um, on Zoom, even though there's like 170 of them in the class. So it was a, it was a really good class. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about what is design. And I spent a lot of time this week just kind of going over what I think design is. I actually spent the whole summer really asking that question. And uh, I'll probably share more about that next week in the podcast and how that went. But I feel like how we define our jobs, according to David Dylan Thomas, is, uh, is, is really life and death. And so if we define our jobs kind of like in a shallow form, um, it's not a lot of people die because of design um, necessarily, or at least graphic design for that, that matter. Um, but I think we do a lot of harm when we don't think about what we do and defining it in a way that is purposeful and intentional, um, which is design in essence anyways, is the purpose and intention behind something, the plan. So we'll talk about that this week in class. Um, it's exciting and engaging. Otherwise, I, I taught typography one for the first time and gosh, there's so much I don't know about typography and the details of, of letter forms and so this week we spent a lot of time just going over the, the terms of type, um, like brackets, which is that little area where like the, the stem, the vertical line, and the horizontal maybe serif hit, and it's that curvature. Like I would have thought a bracket is more like, you know, a left-right angle. Um, but learning what these things mean, um, really, again, learning to pay attention to the details of the alphabet and characters, and uh, something fun that I did there, I think the students resonated with, was uh, actually uh, I, I put images up on the screen of characters, so like A, B, C, and said, what is the stroke? And then I had the students annotate on their screens um, through screen share what they thought the stroke was, or what they thought brackets were, what they thought an ear was, what they thought a tail was. And I think it was actually really cool because they didn't have the definitions. And so it forced the students and myself to deduce what those words meant. And I think it's that power of deduction um, that like gets the brain going, which I think would mean that um, they would retain the letter form terms better than just like receiving the information, consuming the information. They actually had to think about it. One student said, well, because this typeface had, or this character has, this um, eccentricity, and this one has this eccentricity. I'm, I'm assuming that this eccentricity is the term. I think that was about um, a barb, perhaps, um, that we were talking about. So it's through that detection. 
where one student said we were asking about apex and vertex, they compared it to an apex and a vertex in a chart. And so they assumed that the top of the A was the apex and the bottom of the V was the vertex, which was correct. And so I think that form of teaching is really helpful um, because it doesn't just give the students the answers, it forces them to use their minds, use their memories, use their lived experiences to deduce what, what they think is right. And often they're right. Um, so that's typography. In addition to teaching, I'm taking a couple classes and uh, I'm taking a design issues course with a, with a design anthropologist or cultural anthropologist who's done some great work with REI, Urban Outfitters, um, North Face, which is really exciting um, because I'm interested in outdoors uh, activities, outdoor gear, um, outdoor lifestyle. And so um, I'm hoping that you know, I can pull pull from him um, what he's learned and, and really uh, learn some more myself. I'm also really interested in anthropology as a designer, um, really studying culture. And so I think that's what this Design Issues course is about, is studying culture um, and how design um, impacts culture and how culture impacts design. For the first project, we had to pick a group of people, a tribe to study. And since Megan and I went boondocking this summer, which is essentially camping for free on public land. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it's actual campsites and sometimes it's just a, a you know, a little area where your car can fit um, inside a national forest. So we did that and I wanted to study because I heard that one million Americans live in their RV. Um, I don't own an RV. I'm not interested in RV culture necessarily, but I am interested in why people are going off the grid, why people aren't staying in campsites, um, is there a history to this kind of like nomadism? Um, is there a future to this nomadism? And it was really interesting to, to learn about some of the first people in America who are in Europe actually, who um, jumped into caravans and traveled across the, the, the island of, of the UK. Um, and then learning about where van life came from, a dude in his uh, caravan or a uh, conversion van traveling around the United States for three years. Um, but then also learning about nomads in, in Mongolia and how they travel by season and also learning too that here in the United States, oftentimes people travel by season um, for work, working for Amazon during the Christmas season and then traveling and then working for Amazon during another season and then traveling. Um, a lot of people say that they want to have freedom. Um, they weren't finding that in the corporate positions that they were working beforehand. Um, a lot of people choose to do this, but a lot of people are forced into doing this because um, whether you know they, they don't have work or they can't find work or they can't afford a house or rent, um, it's a lot cheaper to live out of a, a moving vehicle, a, a moving home, a mobile home. Um, so that's really fun to kind of like take inventory of all the tools and supplies that these nomads use. Um, also, there's this whole like, idea of digital nomadism, nomadism neo-nomadism, nomad X, which is uh, especially post-pandemic, um, people working from coffee shops, and there's even countries that are creating visas that allow um, nomads to come and stay in their country and work and, and pay taxes and um, bring some, some economic benefit to, to an area, especially tourist areas like Bali. Um, so that's really fun. On the opposite end, in my other class, um, which is design strategy, which is really 
like how do you frame um, a design project? Not how do you design a design project, but how do you frame the design project itself? Um, like who's the audience? What are the challenges? What are the who's on the team? How are we going to approach the the challenge? How are we going to approach the project? Learning a history of of the the project or the, or the issues within the project we're working on. Um, I have to say that with both of these classes, there's a there's a real strong bent towards, I guess, like corporate culture or product design, um, making more physical stuff, um, operating in the world of capitalism, which is something that I've started questioning um, post um, George Floyd and post pandemic, um, just because I think that while capitalism has done a lot of great things, um, we're seeing that there's healthier people all around the world. We're seeing that, um, you know, like equity has increased actually since like, I don't know, the beginning of the industrial revolution and that these things have rapidly happened and people are living better than ever yet, um, within capitalism, it's really hard for, um, folks on the margins. It's really hard, um, on even the folks that aren't on the margins. Capitalism kind of demands that we're always working and we're always moving and we're always shaking things up um, and innovating, so to speak. And so these are things I'm, I'm processing out loud, still learning, um, but I'm interested in what post-capitalism looks like. I'm interested in what um, solutions outside of capitalism look like within capitalism. So for uh, design strategy, I'm studying uh, with a group um, new forms of settlements and communities, sustainable communities, whether it be groups in China who are living off the grid um, or groups here in America. There's actually a rise of these communities um, around the country, around the world, where uh, there's gardening, there's time banks, which you exchange time versus money for tasks, um, and there's shared solar or shared electric um, energy cooperatives. Um, all these ways that you get, you don't, you like remove the burdens of, of um, our economy where like you're not having to pay for electricity, you're not having to pay your mortgage, you're not having to pay as much for food or even maybe water um, so that you can start focusing on what the things that you actually enjoy, like creating. Um, I remember hearing from my design issues teacher that there's tribes that, you know, they spent just so many hours a week fishing and the rest of the time they could focus on making art. Um, I've also heard that like, there was a point where um, we didn't have to work so much and that's where we invented language. And so I'm interested in what happens when we don't have to work so much. What will we create? About eight seconds left, so I'll stop there. But this is the first issue of Process Thought Loud. Um, so many more things I could talk about, but I must end now.